Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. After your podcast, Jay Jaggers, I'm fired up to talk to you, but you're sitting on the floor. <laughs> yeah, I was just, I was just telling so you. And so if you can just... If you could just give us a tilt and 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 then the reasoning behind it, that'd be great. Well, <laughs> hiding behind my bed, in my bedroom. Uh, I got all three of my kids home, and then my my parents are visiting me. Uh, me and my wife, so they've been here a few days. So uh, I locked the door, and this is probably the only only place I can assure that I won't get bothered. The the things that we go through for peace and quiet at our uh, age. I locked the door, but they'll probably my, my youngest will probably barge in at some point. Oh, oh yeah, my my daughter has figured that out pretty quickly. Um, <laughs> all right, that reminds me of a time where I was coaching at a high school level, and I remember, um, like, one of the other, like I, I don't know why. Do you, I felt compelled to? I felt compelled to cut weight with the kids. Like I would feel really guilty. So I can, I can remember like, like being like sitting there behind, like having like starving. I hadn't eaten in like 36 hours and like shoving a burrito into my face on the side of my bed. And that's kind of what it reminded me of. Sneaky, sneaky. So you were cheating. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, I, I had to be out all day. These kids got to rest. Right. These kids got to got to go back to the room and and chill while I was coaching all day for sure. Yeah, my dad used to my, my dad my dad he, he doesn't like we're, we're not like food people like in the Jaggers right. like that's never something that's like motivated us like let's go out to this nice meal you know and uh, and he so he doesn't eat a lot and you know he's a little skinny guy and you know anytime we'd be going to a tournament he'd be like you cut I cut I'm not eating until you can eat. And I was like, you don't even eat anyway. Like, it's not that. It's not that <laughs> so we are food dorks. Like, I am a total food dork. You So even now, as you you kind of get a little bit older, you still, like, you just, food doesn't concern you at all? No, not really. Like, not, I'm not, like, motivated to go out of my way or, like, look for, look looking for, you know, I mean, I'll look forward to a nice dinner if we're going to a nice place, you know? Like, I have, like, an appetite for certain things at certain times, but I would say, like 75% of the meals I eat are out of convenience. They're so just whatever. Run like, me, yeah. Run me like, through like the last three. If we're at a tournament, I, like I won't eat anything, like pretty much all day. Like I'll just, just go through it. And what about like, so So now you're not in full on competition mode as a coach. What was the last three days of nutrition like? Because you still are putting work in on the mats and, and, yeah. and things well, like that. Logan and I were on the road. We, we actually did a clinic uh, over on the uh, west side of Chicago. So we had to drive six hours there, get a night, and then did a morning. And then we drove six hours back. So it was a lot of travel. So you know we, we, you know what we were eating. We were stopping for that fast food. Yeah, you were. Yeah, you were. Um, Logan, Logan only eats chips. He's unreal. Really? Oh, my God. Chips. Like, like, he, can go, he, can, like he can just have like a whole thing of Pringles. Like That'll be his nutrition for the whole day. Just chips. Chip the Ripper, dude. not even real, not even real chips, just right. Like, like, not even real calories, you know what I mean? Just like, oh. just 
That sounds that sounds atrocious. All right. I do happen to love your your taste in music, not food. Oh, <laughs> not yeah. food. So we'll talk about more, that. I'm a lot more serious about that. I know it. I know it. Me too. Um, but let's let's talk a little bit first. We do got to cover some wrestling. I don't know if people know this, but you're a pretty good wrestler back in your day and heck of a coach as it is now. Um one of the things that interested me about you as a as a as an athlete was you you didn't seem to care about much except for the ones that mattered was that by design or is that just that's how much you had to give no i i would say that's probably not even not even like a fair assessment i mean i could see how you could get there but like I always cared, man. Like I, like I wanted to win all the, like I wanted to be undefeated and win a Hodge and stuff like that in college. It's just, um, for whatever reason, I, I just, I guess I wasn't as, uh, one, I was, I was pretty big. So, so I wrestled 40, I wrestled 49 my freshman year. And then my last three years, I went down to 41. So like I, I tore my ACL at the big 10 tournament when I was at 149. I had a really good regular season. And then, uh, so I, that following year I came back and it was like, I was off ACL reconstruction and I was dropping down a weight. So, you know, like physically weighing 165 ish and it wasn't a healthy 165 because I, I couldn't do anything. Right. You know, I, I had ACL reconstruction. So, um, it's just a lot of times when, when I'd, I'd make weight, it would just be, my energy was just, it was just zero. I'd, I'd go out there. I would try to get what I could in in an hour and recover, and it just wasn't sustainable. And it just took me a long time to iron that out. And then once, uh, once I felt like I didn't yo-yo up as much, you know, and I'd be coming at the week at six or seven over, and then that was like like atrophied my body to be just that. And then you kind of took that dehydration component out of the equation, and I was in pretty good shape because I had to do so much to ma maintain, you know, my weight. Um, that it just kind of, it just, I did know by the end of the, my career how to time that, you know? So that's one thing where I didn't like even my senior year defending national champ, I was like six and six at one point, but I just knew, like, I didn't get discouraged because I knew what that variable was. And that once I pulled it out, I would be all right. So it wasn't from like, it wasn't like a, a lack of, a lack of want or a lack of focus or anything like that. It was just, it was, it was more physical, if that makes sense. No, it makes all the sense in the world because you're literally, it just took time to shrink your body. Right. Is that correct? Yeah. And in hindsight, you know, I, I probably could have done more in the summer months to come in in September and be 53 and in shape. Right. Um, but who knows? I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe I would, maybe I would have sputtered out and, and, and peaked in January. Like, I don't know. Like I just, I kind of, I lived my life, you know, kind of happily and freely in the summer. And then, and then, and then, you know, obviously wrestled and stuff, but, and lifted, but, uh, you know, once it came time to get like super locked in around September, uh, it took me a while. It took me till probably January to, to feel right. Okay. So then, uh, you're going to have to forgive my ignorance then. So, if it wasn't a mental if it wasn't a, a, a full on decision, right. It was just more of a, a, a barrier of time. If that's, if that was the case, did you consider 
that you actually had an edge then, like a, a, a mental edge going into the postseason. Yeah, uh, well, I would say this. I would say there's two parted. So obviously there was the physical part. I will agree with you in how I felt like I had a really um, stronghold on on the on the mental approach towards championship season, like like just the heightened sense of I don't know the heightened sense of importance wasn't something that I shrunk to. I always felt like my whole life I rose to. If that makes sense, so I so yeah. I did I did feel I did feel a little more like like in flow state, the higher the stakes were, like the more serious. So like like that might have even been, you know, unbeknownst to me, but mm -hmm. now as I reflect back and I can remember, you know, I definitely feel I definitely feel like I I, I knew how to lock in a little better, and um, obviously from the from the mental side, uh, you know, if you had to wrestle somebody that you wrestled in. December at the Cliff Keen and and you know what I mean? It was tight or whatever, or you lost and you're like that they, they don't even this is gonna be a totally different version, you know, like one that's not you gonna felt, get, you 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 know, you, I, you felt that every time. Right, right. Uh, well towards the uh, towards yes, towards like Big Tens and Nationals. That's what do you awesome. think that's what do you awesome. think kind of got your head ready for for wrestling in big matches like that? Is it something where you had a lot of experience as a kid or just something you're born with? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I just always, uh, I always liked, like, like the bigger the crowd and the more people, like the more eyes that were on me, I just felt like a bigger duty to like perform well. And I, I didn't like, I mean, I definitely was more, I was nervous. Like, don't get me wrong. Like I'd throw up at the nationals, like three, like in before the quarterfinals, like to hear the national anthem and Sandy Stevens is doing that countdown and that plays you see, your, your head's shaking when she hits one. Um, I would be nervous, but, um, I don't know. I just, I, I guess I, you know, and I, and I worked really hard. So I, you know, I went, when you do, when you put in a lot of work and invest a lot of time and you believe, um, cause I always did believe in my skills. Um, I think it was just like a perfect, like recipe for, for success for, for what I did. Yeah. And who knows? I, I, like, I, I don't know. It's just what I did. Like, I don't know no, if it was the it, right way, the wrong way. That's all way. we're asking, dude. So, so that's. I probably could have done it better, you know, and been better. If, if, yeah. Knowing, yeah, knowing what I know that. now, but it is. Well, no, I don't think so. You know, I think getting up to 165 in the summer. A lot like, so I look, I, do, am I going to tell my son to gain 25 pounds? over his competition weight when he's not in training, like yeah. not in active training camp. No, probably not. Right. But, but also, but also there's something to be said for the reprieve that right. you give yourself to enjoy 100%. things, things not right. like that. So it, it's funny, man. Like I, I'm, I'm working on this, um, on this documentary, <clears throat> Um, and it's, it's, it's based on addiction mm -hmm. and how addiction is prevalent in wrestling and how yeah. it relates. And, and the reason I bring it up is because we are, we as a culture are so disciplined for an extended period of time that if when we that don't, goes, that goes away. Yeah. Man, when that goes away, boy, oh boy, when that goes away and you don't have that, that rigidity mm -hmm. 
boy, does that it, it can and oftentimes does turn ugly soon and quick. Um, so yeah, no, I, I think you say you could have done it better. Yeah, maybe. Right. Maybe. But 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 also could have could have gone a way worse. <laughs> could have yeah, gone way think, worse. I guess like like and I don't try to ever pretend that like a certain I just think there's so many ways to do things, right? So I, I would never like come on and be like the way this is the way, you know, like now obviously I have some principle guiding principles that I'll tell my my son or my daughter about wrestling or on things you should should do. But I think there's a lot of it's a lot of variables and a lot of different ways to do it. Um, I, I think the best thing you the best advice I just just know yourself, right? Like like I needed that reprieve. Like that's a great word. I needed that reprieve after, you know, in the summer months to to live and and it wasn't like i was getting up to 165 wasn't like like being a slob like i'm a big guy like i'm not actually now 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 i told you about my my nutrition now <laughs> so now i've actually shrunk i weigh around 160 but when you know when you're 21 years old and and you know you're you're you're, you're eating what you want to eat and working yeah. out you're lifting you know i was you know pretty tall and whatnot i could fill out and even that that year i wrestled 49 i was not small by any means like i was i was fine so um it just you just got to know yourself right and know what know what your timing is and i, th I think like like sasso's a guy like that for us now currently does a really good job of uh, he can get big in the summer but he knows he knows what to do and he can maybe take a head scratcher in, in november but he gets it he understands when when to do it and how long it's going to take him and stuff like that how do you balance knowing yourself and and you know being able to step away and you know enjoy yourself and and maybe you know not be fully on top of your weight uh you know year around but also balancing that with maybe that's not with what your coach views as the best course of action uh well i think i think a good coach is going to have some have some you know have some guidelines and guiding principles but also you got to know your athletes, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I, the coach, coach, coach Ryan and coach Roselli and, uh, coach Heskett and Rollins, who they were, they were my staff that coached me my last three years. Um, they understood me as well as I think I understood myself. So they, they kind of got the, they got the process, you know, obviously there would be some frustration if I wasn't performing it the way that I, that I, they felt I was capable of and frustration on my end, frustration on theirs. But I think uh, when you can keep the big picture in mind, and you can be on the same page, that that um, it can be it's it's healthy. Um, <clears throat> your kids wrestle. Your your children wrestle. Yeah, so I have a ten year old son, and then I have two girls, eight and five. Uh, my ten year old and my eight year old wrestle, and my five year old will probably get started here soon. Maybe this, maybe this fall a little bit. Do you, th and I, this is anecdotal. I have no evidence other than just looking at it over the course of what is now almost 40 years of wrestling. Do you think that high level coaches, kids are sticking around the sport longer than they used to? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I'd have to, I mean, I know, I know a lot of, like I, a lot of friends that I talk to that are my wrestling friends, other staffs and stuff. Um, 
whose kids wrestle, it's always something that I like to talk to them about, you know, cause mm-hmm. I, I can kind of out on, on, on my kids wrestling, you know, mm-hmm. so I like, like coach Agam and I always, all we always chat about Dude, his kids, kids a hammer, his yeah, kids a freaking yeah. hammer. So we have a good time talking about it. And, um, you know, I know Travell's kids are getting into it mm-hmm. and see Reese's son. So, um, yeah, I just think it's, it's, it's what we know, right? Like, I mean, anything like it's, it's, I, I'm not a master of wrestling, but it's the thing in my life that I have mastered the most, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and like sure. there's nothing else that I'm as good at as wrestling, right. uh, nothing, you know, I don't know as much about politics or, you know, science or anything like that as I know about wrestling. So, uh, obviously I'm going to try to share that with my kids. Um, but I, I don't, I would, I would like you, I, I would, I don't know. I'd be interested to see how many people like, I feel like they're, it's starting to get kind of fun where there's like father son combos, like in the sport, like, like, you know, pars and Mondays and it's kind of cool. I think it, I think it's always kind of been there. I get, I'm pretty sure it's always kind of been there, but I think that, that the new age of, of wrestling coach, especially high level wrestling coach has kind of ushered in a far more empathetic dad in this sport, right? Like, I don't know. I mean, I know coach Gable had like all girls, but, and girls wrestling wasn't quite as prevalent as it, as it is now, but something tells me that like, if he just kind of left the uh his if he had sons and he left them to their own devices i don't know that they would have they would have competed in the sport for for a whole lot a, a long time and i think what's going on now is you're seeing guys like Egum who is is full on like he's into it yeah but he's into it as a dad and mm-hmm. that's super cool like like i talked to brandon and he's like yeah he go he has great club coaches <laughs> you know i'm like yeah he does you're right and and you know it's it's just it's really interesting to me to see how it's kind of evolved and how these coaches are are taking more of a backseat and and watching more yeah i can only speak to kind of my experience with 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 my kids um you know there my son didn't love wrestling when i was take you know take pulling him away from the iPad or, or playing with his sisters when he was six years old on a, on a rainy Tuesday in January, you know, or snowing. Um, but he didn't really have a choice, you know? Uh, and I'm fine, but I'm fine saying, I tell people all the time, like, I'm like, he's six. He doesn't know what he wants. You know what I mean? If, if I left it up to him, we'd have ice cream for dinner every night. So I'm like, I'm going to make him keep wrestling. Now, if when he gets in the 12 or 13 range, if he's like, Hey, listen, I am so passionate about baseball. That's where I want to spend my time. I'm not in love with wrestling. Then we'll have that conversation. But seven, eight, nine. I'm like, you're going to be exposed to wrestling. You're going to go to wrestling. You're you're small. <laughs> That's the other thing. You're really small. So just keep going, keep going, and hope. Who knows what that that hook set is going to be? All right. You know, is it going to be you go to you go to one tournament out of town, stay in a hotel, run around with your buddies, and then he's like, boom, I love wrestling now. You know, or you have you win a tournament and you get a cool trophy, and he's like, oh my god, now I love it. So um my son in particular uh my daughter just loves it like she just she 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 was the one that was begging to go and that was more more so probably out of her love for for my son she, they're like really close and uh they're like best friends and she just wanted to go where he was going and he was going to wrestling so her way to be around him was to go to wrestling 
And when I started bringing her, I saw both of their both of their loves shot up for it, even his. So so now he does like wrestling a lot, and because uh, I made him keep going. Do you notice anything other than you know maybe winning a tournament or going on a trip that helped to really kind of like solidify their their enjoyment of the sport? Camaraderie. I think I think that's the big. I mean, I know that's that was that was that was the hook set for me. You know, it was a long time ago. I try to remember, but thirty years ago, just just the people and and new friends and getting to hang around them because, you know, even you go to a tournament. Obviously, those those four and a half minutes of your match are serious. That warm up serious, but there is a lot of downtime that is kind of fun, where you joke around with your friends and and I think that camaraderie um, socially is cool. Mm. All right, let's shift gears. <clears throat> NIL. I am so on the fence. I don't know what to think of it yet. A part of me, you know, uh, over the last, I don't know, 20 years, probably in one way or another kind of thought that it was probably a good thing for college kids to be paid for what they do and, and how they do it. Um, but as I'm looking at it, man, it's, it's, it's a really tricky endeavor. And I just wanted to get your thoughts on NIL and the, and the state of college athletics, maybe uh, more specifically wrestling, but just athletics in general, mm -hmm. if it's okay. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I think the introduction of it was, was in, uh, was, had, had like good meaning, right? They like, it, it, it was so that, so that kid could capitalize on what his fair market value was, mm -hmm. you know, he can get paid. If somebody's willing to pay somebody, a, a kid, $1,200 to do a clinic, then, you know, that's cool. Um, if somebody, if, if, if some corporation wants somebody to be their brand ambassador and he, he otherwise couldn't have because of his, you know, uh, connection to the university and now he can, that's cool. And I think that that was the root, the root of, of the introduction of it. And then just how lax, how lax the, uh, how lax the, the rules are around it. It's pretty much, we know what it's turned into. You know, we know what it's turned into. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's just free agency. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't like, I don't even know if I hate that or not. I know that it's, you, you I, I know like that you, I'm going to speak for you, uh, right now and I'm going to do it because I, I'm, I, I know you and I love you. It feels icky. It feels yeah. icky right now. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. It's uh, definitely does. Definitely does. Like, I, I mean, but you know, it's, it's that's the 37 year old coach of me, right? Mm -hmm. The 19, sure. the 19 year old, the 19 year old returning All American might have loved it. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know, man. It's 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 just tough. I, I, I try not to get, to be honest, I try not to get too like caught up in in what. You know, there, there. A lot of people are vocal about it. I, I don't. I'm not that way. I'm kind of just like, hey, whatever the rule set is, like we're That's gonna right. conform. And like, like even the take, even like the the rules with the takedowns mm -hmm. and stuff like mm -hmm. that. Like, I, I probably have some strong opinions, mm 
But at the same time, I'm like, why am I going to, I'm not going to lose sleep over something that little mini me, the assistant coach at Ohio state, isn't going to change mm-hmm. no matter how, you know, how valid I think my thought process around it might be. It's not going to change. Let me know what the rule set is and we'll operate within it. And, we'll and figure I will out train way. my kids to do that. I remember, we'll I remember the leg clinch. Remember the leg clinch and how oh, yeah. awful it was? Oh, I don't pulling, give a pulling, shit. Pulling, pulling red and blue balls out of a crown royal bag. It was ridiculous. <laughs> it was not. It was nonsense. You know, yeah. looking back on it, I can say that that was the darkest age of, of freestyle wrestling that I've yeah. ever seen or heard of. But at the time, someone would ask my opinion on it. I'm, I'm like, it doesn't matter. My opinion doesn't matter. I have to get my athletes to defend a leg clinch, which was very difficult. And I also have to get my athletes to score with when they when they draw the correct ball. Yeah. So, you well, know, that, and you keep in mind, like, hey, both 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 sides are operating under the same rule set. So it's like, like you're usually more mad about something when you weren't the benefactor of it, right? Like, ah, oh, like I I could be I could be, you know, really upset about NIL right now because, you know, Michigan got a lot of transfers this year. They got four guys from Northwestern. I can be up in arms about it. We had the same opportunity to go after those athletes too. So what, what, what can I really, you know what I mean? Like, what can I really say? So it's, I, I, I always keep that in mind where it's like, you know, like as long as we're all, op- we're all operating under the same rule set. So don't be, don't be, don't be a whiner <laughs> that much. Maybe not in a sense of whining, but uh, if you could change one thing about the current NIL situation, what would you? What would you change? Um, I would just like there to, to to make sure that there that it was a little um, cleaner from the side of like listen, the kid that graduates from a university and then decides to enter the portal for his last year for a change of scenery and to maybe capitalize on on what you know he can earn, like that's cool. But um, you know anybody, and I don't even think coaches do it. I think I think people put out feelers. You know, like I don't even I don't think I, I respect a lot of all of our coaches. I think we all try to operate like like with with integrity but um you know enticing somebody to go to the portal like if there was a way to police that which i don't know if there would be but i would say that's probably the part but um you know kid that enters portal and then takes four visits and like you know looks at all options like that's that's not that different than than what we've been doing right um it's the kid that and it's the kid that enters the portal and knows where he's going in 35 minutes it's like well How'd you know that? That <laughs> <laughs> seems convenient. Um, <laughs> well, I think because of the COVID year, I think a lot of that stuff is going to level out here pretty sure. soon. I do like too. Once those six, seven year guys are able to kind of make their way through the system. I think a lot of that will level out. And I think you're going to also see some of these numbers that I don't know are, are true. I've not seen one, you know, check receipt and I've certainly not seen any contracts, but I hear, I hear some of the numbers and they are uh, hefty. And, and, and I think you're going to see some of that stuff level out as well, because there isn't going to be as many of those kids that have that graduation year and then at least one more year of eligibility left. So that that's that is I think good news. Yeah. 
Yeah, sure. Like, like I said, I, I really try not to be like strong opinioned on it. I just try to operate and do control what we can. You know, I mean, we didn't, we weren't, we weren't very active in the portal. We like our roster. And, um, and I think, uh, you know, we, we, we kind of want to do it with our guys, you know, like, like I have a relationship with a guy like for, for, you know, some, uh, you got a guy who was two and two at the nationals and there's a guy who hits the portal and he was seventh. And it's like, there might be some interest there, but I just, you know, for, for that, whatever upgrade for, for, for lack of a better turn, maybe a couple more points. It's like, I, we kind of like got down the road where we're like, let's just be the team that has no transfers. Let's just be that team. Let's just do it with our people, you know? And we looked at some guys, but um, once we got, oh, once, once we got far down the road, we were like, let's, let's almost go on purpose oppo and be the guy team that has no transfers. That's really tough, Jay. That's really not easy. It, it is, but not if your roster is good. And I, That's like our fair roster. too. <laughs> That's fair too. But just, you are, Ohio State University, you there is an expectation for national titles, right? Like it's easy to say when Northwestern has never won a national title, right? Ohio State has, and you're in the mix, and it's really, really hard to to. Yeah, I'm not saying we're never gonna we're we're never no, going to. I understand Just this that. year. This this year, this is this year has been chaos, right? Yeah. This year, it's like we just we just didn't feel we didn't feel the need to to do that. Like with what we have, we're comfortable with what we have, and then you know when when it got to when it got down to the end, and there was a kid or two, and we we're like, well, we could or we could just stand pat. Let's stand pat. Let let's 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 be the team that has no transfers. Has NIL created a situation where you're having to re-recruit kids that are already on your team? Can you say that one more time? Uh, has NIL created a situation where you guys are now having to re-recruit kids that are already on your team and to keep that's, them there at Ohio State? That's a great question, and we are so blessed that we that we have not been in that situation. Art, I'm telling you, like like it. It, it sounds like you know I'm, I'm gassing our, our our squad up or whatever, but our relationships are so strong. Like we could have. Sammy Sasso could have easily come. He just graduated, right? He's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna start his, uh, he's gonna start academically his uh, certificate program to maintain his last year of eligibility. All right, he he could have easily come to the office and been like, "Hey, here's I'm seeing some numbers. What are you gonna do for me?" He would never. He never did that. You know, it just and and I'm really proud of that. To be honest with you, like I think it speaks to. Yeah, our guys, they, they don't want to hold us hostage. They, they want to be taken care of fairly, and we're always going to do that. But um, no, no, we've, we haven't had to re-recruit anybody to keep them on our roster. And that's, and that's probably the thing that I'm probably the most proud of about our, our program right be. now. You should be, because SAS, that, that does not surprise me at all about Sasso. Right. It doesn't. I've known the kid since he was – very young and that doesn't he's he's as loyal as it gets well right. how do you because I, I know having been around your program a little bit i know that there are recruits that you have high level recruits that you have passed on and that is a polite way of saying you've shown them the door how do you as a staff 
what is like is there like a, a a checklist that you guys go through when you're looking at recruits that that kind of ends up with loyalty is there is there certain character traits is there certain things that they do um no i don't think we run them through like a rubric and spit out a score and it's like up oh, shoot he's on the cusp he's he's a 19 and you know we, we only take 20s you know uh i just i just think we do a good job of of i don't know like being um just just with our guys and 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 pretty normal we're, we're really approach we're a very approachable staff even from like like our like our parents like they can reach out to us at any time and um and we don't we don't try to pull the wool over anybody's eyes or trick them or anything like that and uh and the other thing is like i don't think we, we don't take ourselves that seriously i mean you, you've hung around you know us and um you know sometimes the best way to get past the loss and is to we just make fun of it like immediately like like you know like hoffman has a tough loss and we just we all start clowning it a little bit and then we move past it you know and i think when when and the and then the credit goes to our athletes because you know our culture is good and from the stand everybody says their culture is good but our culture is good from the standpoint of where there's never any like uh, i never have to question like somebody's desire at least for the last few years, you know, like question anybody's desire to want to be good. Now they're going to make mistakes in their wrestling matches, right? Turn this way when you could have done this way, you know, why'd you cut them with seven seconds left? You know, like, why'd you let them out? Stuff like that. But when you know that they all want to win really bad and they're doing the right things to try to win and give themselves the best chance, but then they just don't, then you coach it a little different. Like you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't blow your lid. You know what I'm saying? You blow your lid and they're like, oh, and then he doesn't, there's a disconnect because they, they feel like you don't understand what they were really trying to do. And it's like, I think we all operate under the assumption, the athletes operate under the assumption that anything that we say or do is going to be to put our team in a position to win. I operate under the assumption they're doing everything in their power to win. And that way, when it doesn't work out, we can move past it pretty quick. So um i think it that's kind of the healthiest thing and then we we try to have we try to have a lot of fun and good relationships and um that was this this year was probably the funnest year i've had in in, in a while why just a collection of individuals who i think all subscribe to that ideology that i just kind of harped on how do you how do you build that culture? Is that something where the kids already have that as they get there? Or is it something where you guys are actively doing things to really, you know, embrace and enforce kind of the, that mindset? I think it's just the sum of all the parts. And I, I think, uh, our, our, our staff dynamic is really cool. You know, like, like nobody can ever, no one's ever been mad at Logan Steber. You like, like even, even if he's got to like drop the hammer down, you know, like I, I, he's like, He's like the academic enforcer guy. I'll be like, you know, like whatever, if it's study table or something, it's like, Hey, you got to get on him, Logan. Even if he's going to like yell at you, you know, he does it in that way where he's got that little baby face and it like, you can't, you can never get mad at him. So he's like a perfect bad cop because the message gets there, but, but you, you never harbor resentment. Um, I'm a, I'm a little more, you know, I'm a little more like, I don't know, rash. You know, like I can, I can, I can be a little, uh, like let's say direct, pissed off. I'd say direct. Yeah. And, uh, but I, but like I said, I moved past it. So if mm -hmm. I'm, I can, I can yell something and like 15 minutes later in the practice, I'm like, are we good? We're going to go now. Let's go. You know? And I think, uh, 
when you all just understand everybody's I, I that's what I've had to get I, I've gotten better at you know like from when I took when I was 25 to when I'm 37 as a coach is um I can't always make people conform to the way that I think things should be and I'm going to be a little more liquid mm-hmm. and I think that's kind of how I've have the, the approach I've taken and it's, it makes it more fun sure sure how do you, how do you i show i show your national title match to a lot of my athletes that i i i don't find that i have to do it as much um here in california uh as as i did in texas but there's there's a lot of lessons to be learned in just physical toughness and and having a broken ankle and and finishing up a match because you can do you I, I know you are not the type of person to be like look at me but do you know the type of impact that watching someone like you who um wasn't the one seed wasn't undefeated um wasn't the offensive dynamo that some athletes were in the in the even in the bracket and watching you gut through a broken ankle and a national title do you, do you understand the impact that that's had on on the sport and some of the younger athletes um i mean that's always what like gets referenced when when if, when i'm at a camp or something or or, or, or a na- like I'm, you know, when I moved into my neighborhood and people found out I was the Ohio State wrestling coach and they, they Google you and they were like, I, dude, I watched the match. I, I kind of hate it <laughs> because it's like, I, w- I wish it didn't happen, even though it's like, it's kind of cool, adds to the legacy, whatever. I don't really think I have one. Um, but uh, it was the least heroic thing ever. Like I was up five to one with, I think it was like 16 seconds left. Like I was kind of chilling. To be honest, now it hurt. Yeah, and, but uh, but it was he like, looked up at the, he knew there were sixteen seconds left too. Yeah, yeah, and it wasn't it was your your teammate? You have to ask me if he did it on purpose. <laughs> For sure, he's not. I don't know. Purpose. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, you know what? I so I, I think I've told this story before, but I I I was like, I used to like lay in bed and like visualize every single possible outcome. Of, of like I wrestled the national tournament in my head man every night multiple times a night like and I don't even know if I was like doing it from like a visual like I was like practicing visualization right it was more so I was just thinking about it and just thinking about wrestling and and I, I wrestled that bracket so many times and I it, every time I wrestled at night I had some combination of of I had to beat Russell Griffin Mendez the order always mixed up. I was like, Hey, what if you're the, you know, like, what if they're the two seed, the three, whatever. So I always like wrestled it in my, in, in my head and I would do all these different scenarios in my head. Like you're down by one with 20 seconds left and you, you know, and then you just visualize like that elation moment where you, you, you won the nationals. And, uh, I actually, that was one of them I went through was you get hurt at the end. So when it happened, it honestly, it didn't like throw me, like it didn't like throw me for a loop, like pain to panic. I almost checked me into like, you've, you've, you've been here, you've been here in your, in your daydreams. So, um, and you know, like I said, with, with a good cushion score, score wise, it wasn't that cool, but Logan and I like to joke 
uh, that the legend grows and that I heard it in the warmups. So we just tell the younger <laughs> generation, like I did it during the, I'm getting on the bus on the way there and got it through the whole thing. But honestly, it was 16 seconds. It wasn't that cool. It's still pretty cool. I mean, like it's, especially. I wish I didn't, I wish I didn't scream so loud. I kind of looked, I kind of like saw a little soft, but that thing hurt. He, 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 I didn't end up breaking it either. I just tore a bunch of ligaments, but, um, yeah, I didn't know. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. I wish, I wish like back then, like iPhones were around, I would have like snapped some pictures of it the next day. And then I could have like clout chased and put that on Instagram. That would have been dope. <laughs> There's like no evidence. I had, I think I had like a sidekick at the time and you had to like put the camera in it. And it's like all like fuzzy, but it was pretty, it was, it was, it was a good one. three newest songs on your playlist on your daily playlist oh man joel uh, joel jaggers and i geek out about country yeah. music quite a bit so you're gonna have to you're gonna have oh, to country music that. oh no I'm deep, I'm, deep, <laughs> I'm deep into it i'm very passionate about it yeah uh, uh, i've honestly i've just been listening to uh jason isbel's new record a lot weather veins yeah, so I've been listening to that, and then uh, kind of like my favorite artist is right now, uh, probably Justin Townsend. Rest in peace. So anything, anything by and by him, and kind of cool. Isbel has an al- a song on his album about his relationship with Justin Townsend. So it's kind of like, like my, so my, current, a, my a current favorite. Yeah, yeah. It's like this, this, this uh, good intersection of my favorite guy ever, and then my current favorite and they're talking talking about each other so that's a cool song Jesus so I've been listening to I like is, is that um, like a country rap battle yeah no no, no. michael help make michael fill you in no that's I, all i do now man can, i used to be different i used to dress fancy and 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 you know think look at i, I was a little bit of a look at me guy yeah you know back in uh, my younger days of coaching but now i just enjoy the simpler things and fishing and listening to music, going to shows and hanging with my family and camaraderie with my friends and, and coaching wrestling. And that's about it. You got to get us a Spotify playlist. Yeah, I'm on Apple music, but I will. Mike, you should come out. You should come out to, uh, I have a, I have a festival in my backyard. I had the first annual couple, couple weeks ago. I'm having, I, have one that... I got to do it. I think next year I will. You, you told me about it. Um, yeah. About yeah. a, about a hundred. 50 people in the backyard, a stage wheeled in. So I love it. I yeah. freaking love it. That that's yeah. that's like I still have corded headphones. Dang but it. I'll but I'll, but I'll pay but I'll pay an, an artist to come do a, a home show in my backyard. So I, I that's where I that's where I invest my money. I can't argue with it, man. I'm not I'm not hating it at all. Um by the way, Zach Bryan is playing Petco uh December thirtieth. Yeah, I'm actually I'm going out to Montana for Under the Big Sky Festival. Really? Yeah, around my birthday, so in in the middle of July, and he he'll be there as well. So I get to see. I saw him in a room. I saw him in a room two years ago with maybe a thousand people. So his uh his rise has been pretty pretty, pretty incredible. incredible. He's, he's playing stadiums now. Like yeah, he's playing wrong. not just amphitheaters, stadiums. Yeah. Like it's. Yeah, I, I have a passion for that. You know, I go I go I like seeing people in a in a hundred, you know, hundred person room. Yeah. You know, Shane Smith and the saints, they've kind of become friends of ours and 
you know, he's always wearing the Ohio State wrestling shirt. We gave it to him when he came to town. We saw him at a place called Roomba, 100 people on the tour bus hanging with them. And now they sold out Red Rocks. So, you know, I like I like kind of being the gatekeeper and in it and, and, and finding these guys. Love it. All right, Joel, you got anything else before we uh, let Mr. Jaggers go back to his family? Yeah. Uh, if you had a magic wand and you could change anything about wrestling, what would you change? Oh my God. Can I get back to you? Uh, I, I, I like to think I don't like, I don't like fire from the hip. Um, I could change anything. Oh, here, here's an easy one. 10 Olympic weight classes. Oh yeah. Yeah. I just think there's too much talent for six. It's just, there's too much talent for six, but I don't know that 10. I just to keep it, just to keep it consistent though, with the world championships, you know, like, I think I think that yeah, would be well. Uh, that's the whole and, thing. And I don't know that we need ten weight classes. Is yeah, what I'm saying. There'd be more, but the more opportunities, the better. You know, it might uh, keep people in wrestling longer. I don't know. That's fair. Uh, I just don't like. First of all, I don't know that barring certain countries, I don't know that we need a, a 57k. I think it should be a little bit heavier, and we can stack up some more in the middle, and then. Yeah. But yeah, I guess. That's here nor there. We 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 don't get to make those decisions. That is a great one, though. We haven't heard that one yet. Yeah. That, no, that was that, that was an easy one. That won't 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 get me uh won't get me in trouble. I bet you there's a couple that I can think of that'll get you in trouble. <laughs> Jay Daggers, you're the absolute best, man. You're one of my favorite okay. human beings in this sport. Thank you so much for coming on, and we will chat with you next time. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. Later, brother.